0: Uh, I want to tell you something about me, which probably isn't going to come as a big surprise. Uh, I am an unabashed capitalist. I believe in the free market. I believe in a uh, free enterprise. I believe that capitalism uh, is the thing that inspires uh, invention and innovation more than any other economic system the world has ever known. Merry Christmas. What does any of that have to do with Christmas? Well, actually, in a secular sense, it has everything to do with Christmas, doesn't it? I've heard it said that um, some of you who may be retailers can confirm this, but I've heard it said that during the holiday season, (laughs) 80 to 90% of a retailer's gross profits are made during the holiday season. Did you know that? The rest of the year is just kind of, you know, they just kind of do it just so that they can be prepared for the holidays. Now, a lot of us, we hear that kind of thing, and that truth, we lament that truth, don't we? Because of the commercialism of Christmas, because Christmas has become so commercialized. But I am not one of those people. I don't mind that Christmas has become so commercialized, because I'm a capitalist. But, more importantly... I am a Christian. And if you were listening to the prayer that I was lifting to the Lord um, before the message, you heard me say that as a Christian, I know what Christmas is all about. I know that Christmas is not all about the stuff that the retailers and the marketers that will try to convince you that it's about. I know that Christmas is about the fact that God loves you and me so much that he was willing to become one of us. That he was willing to, to die on a cross and rise again on the third day, offering victory over sin and death to whomever would receive it. Offering hope and peace and salvation to whomever would receive it. That is what Christmas is all about, right? Somebody needs to say Amen. Amen. So, we have this quandary of sorts, don't we? You may raise the question within you, is is capitalism and Christmas, are they mutually exclusive? Can they coexist at all? Because their purpose is so different. Well, I'm here to tell you that I believe that they, they can coexist. In fact, I believe that the tension that exists between capitalism and Christmas is actually a good thing. If we can remember some fundamental truths about who we are as Christians. And it's those truths that I want to share with you this morning. For example, um, one of the things that can steal the hope and the joy and the peace out of Christmas faster than anything is the financial, the added financial stress that can can happen during the holidays. Well, this morning what I want to do is I want to help you with that. I want to help you remember, and then I want to help equip you with some things that will not only help your Christmas to be more peaceful, but maybe the rest of your life as well. So, if you're ready, I would invite you to open up your Bibles to uh, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Uh, Take out your phones or your actual Bibles, whichever one you use. And I'm going to actually be quoting um, the one that Paige, the the verse that uh, that Paige quoted for you is from the New King James Version. Some of you use other versions of the Bible, that's okay. You're going to discover that this particular verse is translated a different different ways, but as you look deeply within it, you'll see it saying the same thing. This is always the case. In the New King James Version, Hebrews 13, 5 says this, Do not be one who covets things, but instead be content with what you have. For God has said, Never will I leave you, and never will I forsake you. Now, In other uh, Bible translations, that verse would say, stay free from the love of money and be content with what you have. But ultimately, it's saying the same thing. I just prefer this particular translation because it kind of gets right to the core of the matter. Because it's not just money that we love. It's things. It's what we can do with things, right? So, what is, I want to focus on the word covet in Hebrews 13.5. What does it mean to covet? Well, um, it's not a word that we use a lot in our everyday language. I think everybody, all of us, have some sense of what the word means, but let me break it down as simply and as understandably as possible. To covet something means to believe that I can't be happy unless I have it, which, by the way, is the exact goal of capitalism. Capitalism. It is the exact goal of those retailers to convince you that you can't be happy unless you have whatever it is that they're trying to sell you, right? Nothing wrong with that, as long as you can remember some of the most important things. Now, what I want you to understand here, nowhere in the Bible does it say that it is wrong to uh, enjoy the fruits of your labor, Nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's wrong to enjoy the good things that this world has to offer. And that's not what this verse is saying either. It's simply saying that there is nothing in this world, nothing, not one thing in this world that you can't live without. Don't believe the lie that there is something in this world that you can't live without. Because once you begin believing that lie, that is the moment that your financial stress will begin to increase exponentially. Did you know that? That, if you were to step back and look, if you were feeling financial stress today, if you were to step back and look at it, you could probably trace it all back to the fact that somewhere along the line you bought into the lie that I just can't be happy without that thing. So, what must we do not to buy the lie? I'm not talking about capitalism. I'm talking about the lie that says you can't be happy unless you have this thing or these things. Well, it begins by simply remembering. It begins by reminding yourself on a regular basis that your joy and your peace, your contentment, is not based in what you have, but in who has you. It begins by remembering that if you are a Christian, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are a child of the King. If you have accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your Lord, you are a part of the family. God has invited you to be in relationship with Him. And it's in that relationship that true joy and peace and fulfillment can be found. So it's not in, found in what you have, but in who has you. Remember that. Remind yourself of that regularly. Again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to, um, to enjoy the fruits of your labor. I'm not saying that it's wrong to, teach your ch- or to give your children the newest, coolest, hottest gifts, toys of the holidays. I'm simply encouraging you. God is encouraging you not to buy the lie that I can't be happy. My children aren't going to have a great Christmas unless they have this or that. Now, that's where the tools that I alluded to earlier come in. You can remember those things, and that's good, but here are some tools... That will help you to actually live into what you say you believe. And these tools are very important. The first tool I'm going to share with you is one that's going to sound on the surface kind of counterintuitive, meaning that as I share it with you, you're going to go, wait a second. This is what it is. The first tool, in order to alleviate the financial stress, in order to not buy into the lies that you can't be happy without this or that, the first tool that God wants to give you today is giving. You need to learn not just to give, but you need to learn to give sacrificially. That's the counterintuitive part. You're thinking, wait a second, I'm already feeling financial stress. How is me giving sacrificially? By the way, the Bible says you start giving sacrificially by giving 10%. 10% of your income. Wait a minute, there's no way I can do that. I'm stressed out now. I can't pay my bills now. Listen to me. If you will believe in what God says, you can do this. But it takes courage. Two things will happen if you can do this. First thing will happen is this. Every time you make the conscious choice to give sacrificially, you will be reminding yourself, wait a minute, oh, it's because my stuff isn't what makes me happy, or my stuff shouldn't be what makes me happy, right? Every time you do it, because you have to make a conscious decision. I'm not talking about going and throwing your change in the Salvation Army bucket, because that's not sacrificial giving. Sacrificial giving is giving knowing that if you do this, I'm not going to be able to do that probably. Every time you make the choice to do that, you will remind yourself, my stuff is not what makes me happy. My stuff is not where I will find peace. Now that leads to the next question. Um, Where should I give or to whom shall I give? Well, I'm not going to answer that question for you today. This isn't what you expect necessarily to hear from the preacher or to hear at church. But listen to me, God is calling you to give sacrificially, but where you give is totally between you and God. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. You're not going to be able to leave here today saying, well, Craig's just doing that because they're trying to pay, they're trying to fill up their little barn back there. I don't care whether you give your money to the church. What I care about is that you give and give sacrificially. And you will begin when you have the courage to do it because God will show you where to give and who to give to. When you find the courage, if you can find the courage to do that, it changes everything. I have never met in 30 years, I have never met a single person who has made the choice to give sacrificially who didn't say, it works. It changed. I changed. First tool is you need to learn to give sacrificially. Second tool isn't nearly, didn't sound nearly as spiritual, but it's just as important. You need to learn to budget. Now let's talk it specific, specifically about budgeting during the, the Christmas season. Do not go out and just start buying things indiscriminately and putting it on your credit card, believing that you'll figure out some way to pay it off after Christmas. Don't do that. that, is, that is, that's what gets you into trouble. That's what, where the, that stress comes from. You need to figure out what it is that you can afford to spend at Christmas, figure out who you want to spend it on, And then divvy it up. Now wait a minute, Craig. That'll mean some people aren't going to get what they want. That's exactly right. And you will remind yourself and you can remind them that that's not what Christmas is about anyway. Right? And you'll begin to uh, feel a, a pressure valve begin to release in you. That make you take a big breath. You need to learn to budget. Not just during Christmas either. by the way. The last tool is um, probably, in some ways, it's probably the hardest one of all. And it's because it's kind of nuanced, I guess, but it's, but it's important. And it's learning, the last tool is this, learning to live within the margins. Now what in the world does that mean? Basically, what it means is this. Everybody, by the way, needs to learn to live within margins. In almost every area of your life, you need to have margins. Um, it could be uh, margins in the way you spend your time. It could be margins in the way you um, take care of yourself physically. It could be financially, obviously. But everybody needs margins. But what does that mean? Well, basically, what it means is this. You could be the best planner in the world. You can anticipate everything that you know your life is going to consist of. And there will be something that comes along and happens that you didn't anticipate and expect. The car is going to break down or or, uh, somebody will come along and need to talk to you and you'll be late. You need, if you can learn to build into your life margin, you will begin to realize that your stress level is, will decrease um, to the same percentage as the margins that you build into your life. In fact, I would go so far as to suggest to you that if you can build in margins or give yourself some space, you you will begin, instead of being frustrated by those unexpected things that happen in life, you will begin to see that sometimes God's actually in those things. The things that you find frustrating. Because you're not, you haven't, you haven't so packed your life right up to the edges that when the first thing that happens that you didn't anticipate occurs, you don't go flying over the edge. So, got three, three little tools here. They're simple. Didn't say they were easy, by the way, but they're simple. You need to learn to give and give sacrificially to wherever God wants you to give. You need to learn to budget and you need to learn to live with margins. Now, we're pretty far into the Christmas season right now, and I'll confess to you that you're probably, if you decided today to begin um, using these tools, you're not going to get the immediate results that you, that you might want, because it takes time, obviously. But I can promise you something. If you make the choice today to remember that your happiness and your joy and your peace is not dependent on what you have, but on who you are. And if you can remember to utilize these tools and that that's your plan going forward to utilize these tools, just knowing that you have a plan for a brighter future will make this Christmas, this holiday season far more peaceful than you have ever dreamed or imagined. And it all begins, it's not an exaggeration, all that I've said today, it all begins by remembering to focus on the one who put holy in the holidays. Remember to make Christmas about Christ. And you'll experience that peace that you're looking for.